stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Hello, listeners. Uh, Andy Richter here uh, with the three questions, and I am absolutely thrilled to have one of my favorite people here today. I've known her for many, many years, Amy Sedaris. Hi, Andy. Hi there. Thanks for having me in the studio. Starage you look great. Television. Thank you. You look you really too. good, and you I haven't too. seen you in a long time. Thank you, and yeah. you look fantastic too. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, do you color your hair, may I ask? I get it highlights. Yeah, because it looks, but it looks like it's grayed. Yeah, I have some squirrel color in but there. But it's a goody. beautiful. It's a goody. It's, it's a beautiful, it's really a nice, a nice, whoever does it, kudos. Oh, that's nice. Oh, thank kudos you. Kudos to your colorist. Or thank do you, you do it yourself? No, I have a hairdresser. Oh, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. You're big time. I'm big time. So we've known each other for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, people got to know who you are. I mean, you're the I'm television. I'm a little bit under the radar. I'm still under the radar a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but you know, you've done so much great work on TV and, and, and on stage with your brother, David. You know, you guys have done a lot of shows here in New York together, written a few best-selling books but it all started for you where in in was it north carolina you north were, carolina yeah raleigh north carolina were you born there i was born in upstate new york near uh-huh. endicott and um and when ibm moved to the south because my father worked for ibm that's when we moved to raleigh north carolina and so i was like three so i was raised okay in north carolina and what uh what does your dad do for what did he do for he IBM? designed computers he oh, was really? one of the very first people to design a computer i have so a picture like on a, a, a poster uh, and everything Engineer. Engineer, yeah. I used to think it meant he would uh, ride a train. Uh Like I always, yeah. Conductor. It's so funny to have, well, like, have you ever thought about having such a practical dad have such a creative bunch of kids. Isn't like, that fun? He was the odd man out. He yeah. was the one we made fun of. Oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, that's what I also love about my father is nobody went down that road. I mean, my older sister a little bit as far as if you need an executive for the will or something, she's the most responsible. Right, right. No one else is going to pick up the phone or read the mail or yeah. she's the only one who reads mail, put it that way. <laughs> so, you know, it is kind of nice. You realize you have to have that. And that's what I look for in friends and stuff. Someone, a grown up. Yeah, my yeah. My dad was a grown up. So you're, and your, your mom was more the funny one then. My mom was funny. She was funny. Yeah. Is that what you think drew him to her? Oh, that's interesting. Well, she was very, very beautiful. And um, yeah, maybe. You she, think he's shallow? He just was going after the <laughs> That's it. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, he just wanted a trophy. What an interesting bunch. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. because of her humor. But he just wasn't funny the way we were funny. Yeah. So, yeah. so he was, he, did he end up being an outsider? Like, was it? 
an unhappy outsider? Or was no, he just... and I was really close to my father growing up. Yeah, yeah. Very, very close. I'm his favorite. Oh, really? Um, yes. So I was always playing golf with dad or going grocery shopping with him every Friday night. Or I kind of took, you know, I was his best friend in the yeah, family because yeah. no one else was would take that position. Oh, that's nice. So I'm that you. person. Yeah, yeah. I'm a middle child. Oh, I see. There you How go. many are in front of you? Uh, well, there's there were six kids and I was four. So okay. really three and four is the middle child. How many right, kids right. are in your family? There's four, but my older, there's my older brother and, and me from my mom's first marriage and then my younger brother and sister are twins. So they oh. so I'm kind of middle not mathematically but chronologically because okay. because they were two babies 9 right. years younger than me and then my older brother. And we do we fall fairly in the kind of the classic oldest middle youngest mm-hmm. in just various temperamental ways that right. we, like I am definitely the people pleaser oh right mm-hmm. oh like yeah. like to a sick degree <laughs> um, oh. I mean it's gotten it's gotten better over the years but it's still there it's still like but are you all close do you all like talk and uh, yeah fairly and, fairly okay fairly often you know I mean not not as much as we should I mean not as do much you have as, a lot of friends like because you come from a family like that, do you feel like you you have a lot of good friendships out there? Or do you kind of feel like, well, that was your fa- your family kind of covers that? I know it's different for you because I know you have kids. And stuff. Yeah, uh, I do have friends, but I feel like in the last number of years, and I think that this has happened to a lot of men, or this happens to a lot of men my age who are married and have children. You you stop having friends. Yeah, like they're still there. Right, and if you get. You know, like if you get tickets to a baseball game, you have friends that you can call, but it's not to the same extent that I think that women continue friendships. Mm-hmm. That I, if I can just generalize yeah, in that yeah, way, yeah. but like I know that like most women I know that are sort of my similar age and circumstance make a point to go do things with a group of women, whereas men don't yeah. so much. Yeah. I mean, I guess men will use sports to do that, mm-hmm. either the playing of sports or the watching of sports. I don't do really either of those things. I mean, I I play tennis, but right, that's right. not, you know, you don't have a bunch of guys going to play tennis. Uh, <laughs> but you grill. I, and I Aren't grill. you a big on, you were a big cook. I, I do. You get the I grill do. going. Guys I, love the grill. Yeah. No, I mean, we, yeah, and we would entertain. We certainly would entertain, but that but Sarah was always kind of the motivator of that. Oh, see, I thought you were. Because I remember going to a couple of your parties where, you know, you'd make those ice cream sandwiches with yeah, the cookies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always felt it was your thing. I Well, uh, no, I putting together the guest list mm-hmm. anybody can do that but right. once it's once the party is there there again that's the people pleasing okay it's like i have often felt and i feel like it's a detriment to my career I get as much satisfaction out of creating a meal for somebody as I do for making television. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I, I just, it's like, how many people are coming? 20? Oh, All right. Yes. Well, let's see. Who's a vegetarian? All right. Okay. Or let's, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a problem to be solved. Right. And then there's a lot of work, which I think is like, too, if you're somebody that, like, I've always said this sort of my, one of my, and this is something I figured out in therapy, one of my primary states of being if not the, is alone in a room in a house full of people. Oh, and that's and that's right. kind of like, and the kitchen can be that alone place if you got all this work to do. Right. And then you give the people the food and then you're like, oh, okay, that's it. All right. Eat it up. You like it? Good. Okay. Now get out. Yeah, you leave now. <laughs> now. Get out. Or having a job. Do it's, some it's dishes your, or something. I yeah. always say I'd rather work the party than go to the party. Yeah. Just give me a job. You know, then you can just talk to this person, talk to that person. You've cast your party. You've yeah. made all the food. The hot's hot. The cold's cold. And then... 
Yeah. What is that's it? the fun Cause, part. Yeah, because that's a similar thing. But I mean, what do you think? Why do you think that you are? Because I know why I am, but this is supposed to be about you. Why do you think you you don't want to get into the party and dig around, you know? I just like to be responsible. I just, dig around. I just like, I still like to mingle and do all that, but I just like to have a job as well. You know, oh, I'm just here picking up glasses or I'm, I'm going to get you a fresh plate. And then I just like to be hospitable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, but when I'm invited to a party, I like the other part too. It's just, I just like the planning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. So North Carolina. North Carolina. Did you just go to public school? Went to public school. Came from a very close family. We always put on shows at home. I was interested in theater at a young age. David introduced me to all kinds of characters because David was always doing them and he was really funny. Yeah. And I really emulated him. And so he's the one who got me into wanting to get up in front of a group of people and make them laugh. Is he two or three in the order? He is second. He's second. First boy, second you know, child. See. Yeah. Okay. So we were the showbiz. The two of you together just two of formed us together. a natural partner. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. And um, so I got into all that in high school. And then I you got mean in, in high school. You, you Junior high and high school. Okay. I took Raleigh Little Theater. I would take classes. My yeah. first play was Charlotte's Web. I played the rooster. And the lady said I was really good at making faces. Uh-huh. And I still am. You I really pride are. myself. You are. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. what I do for a living. I make faces. <laughs> and that always stayed with me. Yeah. And then David, when he went to the Art Institute in Chicago, said, oh, there's this place here called Second City. It'd be perfect for you. Why don't you come here and take some classes? Otherwise, I would have stayed in Raleigh, North Carolina and just been the funniest waitress. Do you really think so? I think so. Yeah. I was kind, I'm always, whatever I'm doing, I just try to be happy at what I'm doing. And I don't think of the next patch of grass. Yeah. You know, I'll still eat the same, like, feed off that same lawn for as long as I can before someone says, Amy, there's fresh grass over here. Yeah, so, yeah. Then I loved Second City, and then, you know, that's where I met Paul and Stephen and did all that. Would you consider yourself just like a generally satisfied person? I mean, do you, you don't really... I'm not too ambitious. People might think I am. Yeah. But I'm really, I'm on a Girl Scout level ambitious. You know what In I mean? In what No. In sense of like, I don't, I still like just doing what I like to do. Like, I still go door to door and sell stuff for a dollar, you know, make that cash <laughs> right, I missed from waitressing. And, you know, the, like more like under the radar and little achievements I like. But yeah. I don't really go after the big, the big star. Yeah, really. yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of that same way. And I think it's, I mean, it's one of the reasons that improv appealed to me. I had no real drive to be solo. Right. To be appreciated solo on stage. And to this day, I sort of tried my hand at stand-up because it seemed like the thing to do. And there was lots of chances to do that. And I just came to this conclusion. I don't like being up here alone. No. So yeah. much better when you're with somebody. Absolutely. Have you fun. ever done solo never, stuff? Never. Never done. Um, I, I mean, a monologue here and there that David wrote, but I've right. never done stand-up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's so much better to riff off somebody or someone in the audience because then, you know, it yeah. feels it. So I'm, I'm the same way. But I, I do like an audience. Oh, you do? I do like, imp- you, know, uh, you know, doing stuff live. I like the energy, like going on talk shows when it's live. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I miss that in doing theater. That's fun. Yeah, I like. I, I mean, doing live stuff, but honestly, I've gotten to the age where I don't care much about an audiences. When I, I'm, I'm always trying to make the cameraman laugh. Yes, like that's, that's your that's, audience. Yeah, that's my yeah. audience. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, so yeah, there is a live audience, but it's not the random strangers that. Right. We're on a tour and went, yeah, why not? We don't, you know, our dinner reservation's not till six. <laughs> Let's watch Conan. Um, 
And so had you gone to college at all or? I didn't go to college. I, I, I went to NC State for a little while and it just wasn't for me. I yeah. just thought I was taking a few classes in sociology. I thought I'd work in a women's prison or do social work. Um, and then I thought, this isn't this isn't me. Yeah. I don't want to go to school. What drew you to that work, do you think? Just being interested in people. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I can play those people. <laughs> I just want to go into your home and look at your stuff and talk to you about it. Right, right. I want to hear every problem you have because I'm a good listener and I'm just, I just like, I'm interested in other people's lives. And was the women's prison, like the reason that it was women's prison, was that because that sounded fun? Yeah, I just thought it was a big deal just to have a women's prison in Raleigh. I just always read about it. I was yeah, like, wow, yeah. prison. What are they like? Yeah, what do yeah. they wear? What do they eat? How horrible. You know, just anything. <laughs> and then I was just talking on Midnight Express. I was talking about that movie the other day. About that was a big, big movie for me. I don't know if you remember when that oh, came I out. I was terrified of prison and Turkey and yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my God. And yeah, and, and homosexuality. Yeah. All <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> oh, poor Brad. David. Uh, <laughs> he was good. He was good. Yeah. That, that, I remember I saw that movie. That was like at the time, possibly like the dirtiest movie that I saw. Yes. Yeah. And it I saw was. it with my friend Dave. Yeah. And it was like, it's, it's just weird too to be, I've always found it weird to be like with especially when you're teenagers or whatever, to be like when, when watching sex scenes with oh. like a friend. Like oh, it, yeah. that always just yeah. seemed like such a weird thing. Oh, like yeah. watching this arousing stuff. <laughs> that's, right. an, that's why whenever, whenever I've been in a situation where it's been like a group of us are going to a strip club. Uh-oh. If it's not a co-ed group, <laughs> I ain't going. Didn't we go to Billy's Topless a few times? We did, that yeah. But fun. see, that's a co-ed group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's a group of men and women, that's sort of like then it's not just a bunch of gross guys getting boners right. with each other yeah. Like, mm. yeah if you're getting boners it's got to be girls around <laughs> like the girls, opening of that movie that kids that opening of the movie kids it's something um, they're making out for what seven minutes or something i don't remember leo fitzpatrick and yeah. yeah they're just making out for like 10 minutes that is uncomfortable yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh like my, my daughter if there's any even beginnings of a sex scene she's oh. like Turn it off. <laughs> Pause it. Fast forward. How like, old is Mercy now? 13. Oh, She's 13. man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. She wants no. And thank God. Yeah. Who wants you to, who wants to sit around and watch sexy stuff with your parents? Yeah. You know? Although Purple Rain, when that came out, was fun. Yeah. Watching Prince do his sexy little thing. But that was, you know, who, yeah, but- he was like the size of Stuart Little. <laughs> and, you know, you were, it was more fun. I yeah. don't know. Well, so uh, tell me about you go to Chicago. Yep. Did you just pack up and move? You were just going to go and live yep. there? Or was it sort I of? I started uh, off taking summer classes at the workshop, Players Workshop with Martin um, Martin DeMont. Yeah. And then I liked it. Yeah. And I liked Chicago. I liked everyone seemed like they were coming and going. And they were like, you had the baseball, you know, it was like a big, um, they were into sports, but yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah. And everyone had a job and the big characters there, accents like Dish. And I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. You know, just what I saw people making out in the back of open trucks, you know, down there by the Montrose Beach or dumping hot coals on the sand and walking away. And you're just like, what is this place? And all windy. And then it was freezing in the winter. And I just was fascinated with like Cicero and places like that. And I was like, yeah, it was really eye opening. I mean, you didn't see taxi cabs in Raleigh. No. You know, you'd look at a cab like, I wonder where it's going. It's the airport. The airport. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I was, it was a real eye opening. I don't think I could have gone. From Raleigh to New York, I needed that middle place 
yeah, five yeah. years. Where did David live at that time? Um, did he, you stay? Yeah, I imagine you stayed. With I him. did. Yeah. I remember stepping over drunk bodies. Yeah. To get to his front door and yeah. hearing gunshots, and he lived in a bad part of uh, Chicago. And then you know, you probably like you. I just moved all the time. Yeah. I don't know how many apartments. I ended up in Bucktown before I left. Right. Right. Yeah. The thing about that town too, it's you know, it's like you say, there's a just people doing stuff with you know making out in the back of trucks and and being big you know there's not there's a kind of a lack of pretension there yeah i think there's a very small amount of fancy people there yes and in fact even the fancy people among themselves think of themselves i think as relatively rough fancy people uh, right you know? yeah, yeah, yeah like a rich chicagoan probably thinks of themselves as a lot more realistic and down-to-earth than a rich New Yorker. For sure. You know? I think so, too. But I loved it. It was the first time I was friends with someone. I said, what does your dad do? And she goes, he's a maitre d'. And I thought, oh, someone's dad can do that? Yeah, like, I yeah. was even that naive. Like, a maitre d'? Yeah. And your mom waxes people's lips at, you know, Elizabeth Arden? Wow. <laughs> yeah, that stayed with me. I got a lot from Chicago. Yeah. And again, stand-up, like you were saying, and people were just always, like, doing theater work. And it's just everything was a possibility it's fun that way yeah yeah was there some thought in your mind about where this was all going did you think about like, i never think where something's going yeah i don't either i don't and i wonder if that's good or bad for us yeah because you don't want to be standing there with nothing i just i do think of in the moment i don't get too ahead of myself and i think this is what we're doing right now right i don't know where it's going to take me and yeah. we'll deal with that when it takes me there i mean that's kind of how i live yeah well, you also had you had that good partnership with David to kind of like, because did he come to New York first before yes. you two? We were doing plays and I would take a leave of absence at Second City main stage, come to New York. We do a play. I'd go back to Second City. Yeah. And so I was kind of putting my toe in New York, but it was never like a goal of mine to live in New York. I never right. thought of it. So I thought, well, David's going there. I'll go there. Yeah. He oh, he was always sort of like your he'd set up the beachhead yep. and then you could come that's nice yeah. you know that's really actually nice because you know you didn't have to go through that initial loneliness yeah. either i think yeah because you always had him there yeah i think the first time i ever met you you i think maybe you and did you and paula ever live together yeah we dated for 8 years yeah i think i think it was when you all were living together and it was a, your birthday and mick napier brought me and a couple other people over to your party and somebody gave you a wicker wheelchair? Yes, from the 1800s. Who gave you that? I don't remember who gave it to me. Yeah. And I would decorate it at Halloween, put cobwebs on it in one shoe. Yeah, yeah. And then I got rid of it. I just wheeled it to the east side to obscura this uh, this place that would sell it. I was like, it looked haunted. Yeah, yeah. But I would always play these games with my with people who would come over, like, get in it. I'm going to have to wheel you to the rooftop, get you out of my apartment, into the elevator. And I would just, it would you would lose your patience with somebody and you'd become evil and start hitting them because you were like... Can't you move your leg a little? Like, can't you? You know, it was so abusive, but it was so much fun to play. Right, that. right. Well, there's something about a wicker wheelchair yeah, that, that really was... inspires the cruelty. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it, because it is. It's like it was a cruel time. It's a cruel. Wicker is a cruel. It's, it's a, a cruel, cruel time. A cruel material. <laughs> but didn't I know you in, at, from Annoyance Theater? Didn't I meet you in? Chicago yeah, but I th but I think that's the first time that I met you. Okay, was then, and then we knew each other from that point on. But I do remember like. Even at that point in my life, it's a tremendously fun thing to go to these two, uh, and you're both beautiful people, go to these two beautiful people's apartment and the woman gets an old wheelchair as a gift <laughs> and you were giddy. You yeah. were just like, you jumped yes. in it and yeah. immediately started 
wheeling around. Yeah, playing with and, it. Yeah, and being all the different people that would be in that wheelchair. Oh, that's fun. I think Paul Donello gave me that chair, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think Paul gave it to me. And at that time, too, at that age, to be, like, exposed to adults who are just being, like, Living their lives like children, really. I, I mean, and like giving each other toys <laughs> and then playing make believe. It was fantastic, you know, but there was, you know, booze and drugs involved. Yes, too. of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So um, then it, you ended up coming to New York and kind of was at what point did you decide, like, enough Second City, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to commit to doing stuff with I David. I think David said, we have a place, La Mama. We yeah. got a deal to do a show. And that's when I said, let's do this. And then I was like, and Paul and I were dating. It was like, why don't you come? And we Paul did a part in the play and we just stayed. Yeah. And then downtown HBO came to see the show and that's how uh, X57 happened. It just landed in my lap. Like, yeah. oh, would you like to do a sketch show? So that's kind of, I never thought about doing TV, really. Really? So, you didn't think about, I mean, no. weren't there people, or, I mean, obviously, there were people around you that were getting hired for different TV things. At I that guess, point, but it was there. never like when I remember at Second City, I did a pilot for a show. I didn't know what a pilot meant. Wow. But everyone was like, wow, that's great. You're going to LA. Like, that's why people went to Second City to do things like that. But I was like, oh, I, oh, I hope it doesn't go. Then I can come back and do this show. You know, I didn't, I didn't understand what a pilot was. Right. But um, I was just happy doing plays with Dave. And, you know, those plays were so funny. They were funny. I mean, yeah, I got to do one of them. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. You played the worm. Yeah, I did. Our expressive <laughs> worm. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, that was everything I loved. Yeah. And putting on a show, painting the sets, doing the wardrobe, casting it, memorizing lines. It was the best. Yeah, it's a it's an enviable thing to be satisfied with something like that, to not yeah. have those kind of overreaching. Because, I, I mean, I felt I, I'm similar, like, and then I don't, like, I, ne- I never thought I'm going to take improv classes and I'm going to get on SNL. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Within my first in, improv class, within a couple of weeks, I realized the kid that was sitting next to me that I kind of started to befriend had moved there from uh, Arizona <laughs> to eventually get on SNL. And that was crazy yeah. to me because I started taking classes because Beth Cahill, Betty Cahill, oh, right. who I went to film school with, I went to Columbia College in Chicago and started doing film school there. And then I worked in film production, but I had the notion like I'd hear about Second City and I'd think like, oh, that sounds up my alley because I can't, uh, I'm a writer, but I can't really sit down and write because of- You write on your feet. Yeah, I write yeah. on my feet and I'm funny and I, you know, and I'm quick and it's always kind of what I've been rewarded for by humanity. Mm-hmm. And I even remember looking up Second City in the white pages <laughs> and calling them That's and great. saying like, what are the classes and how much are they? And just, it, I'm sure that whoever talked to me was not like a particularly good salesperson. Lois. Yeah, yeah. Lois. It's like, yeah, I don't know about that but then I started taking classes at Improv Olympic and I and I like I say it never even while we were doing I you know we broke off and started our own you know ambitious groups that broke away from the smaller groups and there were guys that were like we've got to get casting people in here and I always was just kind of like right I don't know how do you do that I know how to do this I know how to be on stage and have fun with each other and how much fun that can be but it seemed like it was just it was hard to reconcile to me How do you stay within this framework of this thing and be free and open and and commit to it while you're also thinking about wanting to get picked all these professional and 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 even to this day, it's gross. That's the gross part of it. Like that's like the. The sordid part of it right. is all of that. The wants. Yeah. But I remember them, they wanted somebody wanted us to do a play in L.A. And David's thought was like, well, then it turns into 
casting, then it's about that. Then yeah. people want TV, so then you get plucked from the play because you got a pilot and you yeah. have to be replaced. It was just, it was a different vibe in L.A. to do a theater than it was in New York. Oh, because it's just showcasing. Sh- exactly, It's showcase. just showcasing. It's yeah. just to get agents in there and see things. But I love these young kids who are so open about, I love working with like 32-year-olds. Yeah. You know, because they still know how to write a letter. They still, you know what I mean? But I <laughs> right, like right. that they're so, will do anything to get a TV show. I like how ambitious they are and eager and hungry and it's, it's fun to work with them and like really that's what you want good for you for knowing yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know I'm like really you go to LA and do a TV show and they're like absolutely yeah. I'm like okay for me it's like you gotta prove yourself first so this is who I am what I like to do and get it out of your system and then maybe you can go do that right. but once you start making that money in Los Angeles you're gonna wanna keep making it you know and, and well and also too the, the things that you're gonna go do in Los Angeles are gonna have a lot more constrictions on them there's gonna be right. a lot of really unpleasant people that you would rather not hear their opinion giving you opinions and you have to do what they say like and that whole thing that does kind of become the enemy of what inspired you to do this in the first place absolutely yeah you're right that's so well said yeah um tell tell people just a little bit about what it was like to work at second city and being touring company i mean Give them a sense well, of like what Well, for me, what, what I liked, like. uh, you know, you're taking the classes, then there's an audition to get on into a resident stage or touring company, and you have to do like five characters through a door, something like that, and then you get picked, and then you start touring, you have to do the best of Second City. But that's where I met Colbert and Danello, mm-hmm. who I still work with today. And, you know, what I learned from Second City is it, about finding people like that, like ha- building relationships like that and hoping that you have it for the rest of your life. Like all the people from SCTV, yeah. you know, or the SNL, they were so lucky and they remained friends and they still work together. So I learned that at Second City. Um, and I'm really lucky that the three of us met each other. But once Paul and Steve and I worked together, then we got started getting our own material in those shows. And, oh, yeah. You know, we got away with a lot of stuff. We kind of made our own rules. Mm-hmm. We were mavericks. And then we got into a resident company and um, started writing material together. And it was fun working with your friends, yeah. laughing really hard. Yeah, and it was yeah. kind of like old people at Second City and that like, we were the new group. Mm-hmm. So it was like fading out the old people. And it was fun. I met Jackie Hoffman, who was yeah. a really funny girl and working with funny women because back then it was like four boys and two girls sure. and it's just like right but, that's the way it had to be yeah, yeah the way it had yeah. to be right so it was fun finding funny girls to work with but there weren't that many yeah you know no, they really weren't I've always said that they're just and I, I actually do think it's changing and I think culture is changing but certainly from my childhood and on their girls were not rewarded for being funny Mm-mm. there were not girls I mean they were there were funny women in my life and that's I, I mean I honestly I prefer funny women to funny men because yeah, yeah, yeah. women are just I, I, don't, I don't know what that is I mean maybe it's just because it's like if they're you know funny men are vanilla and funny women are strawberry you uh-huh. know because there's just a lot more vanilla than there is strawberry right. so my preference is for the thing that there's less of mm-hmm. and there's certainly in the comedy culture it's white men white men white men white yep, men yep. but although it is it is changing you know we are there is like and you know although it's changing but there's a bunch of guys cheesed off because there was a female Ghostbusters. They're all fucking mad because yeah. Ghostbusters with girls, you know. So it's like, yeah, it's getting better, but it's still dumb as it can possibly be. Yeah. But I never thought of me as a girl. Like, I did parts 
I never put myself in a girl category. I've yeah. always felt like one of the guys. Yeah. And I didn't do scenes on weddings and, you know, at the things that some of the other or girls wanted to do. Or as the seductress. Like, that was, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I want a mustache. I'm like, I just... And whenever it was an all-male scene up, I would always find a way to enter it. I would right, right. always get in that yeah, scene. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know, and time my laugh. I'm like, that laugh lasted 30 <laughs> seconds tonight, Paul and Steve. 30 seconds. And they're out there busting their ass trying to... And I would walk in with short bangs. I'm going to yeah, get yeah. my bangs cut. Get a big laugh and leave. Go, go, go. So that was that was fun. <laughs> now, when you say that you guys started getting away with stuff, what does that mean? Like, who is who would have stopped you from, from doing Joyce stuff? Joyce, or, Joyce. you know, you're supposed to do the best of. Joyce Sloan was who, yep. the director oh, of the right. page. Yeah, yeah, showing that. Or, you know, and I did this. I lived over a deaf girl, and uh, she uh, she came back from Circus de Soleil. I don't know how to pronounce that. But um, she, you know, that's where I was like, oh, we can do vis- visual scene. You know, you don't have to have words. And that's why we started tumbling at Second City. And that's what got into our regular show. And we just started doing, you know, scenes like that, that the audience could just appreciate the visual aspect. Right. Not, that the was way the that thing. I just appreciated you rushing past, I lived above a deaf girl. And oh. she got back from Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> like, wow, that's a lot that, of that information. Was a big, that was a big thing for me to, to live over a deaf girl. Because yeah. I was like. And she was an acrobat? Uh, no, she yeah, she was a little bit, but she went to that show and she was acting it oh, out for oh, me. Oh, I see, I see. And I just thought, oh, well, from now on. Meant, I thought you meant she was. <laughs> oh, no, she, she, was, she was away with the circus. <laughs> oh. Came back. And see, like, I leave out the details, Andy. That's what I do. <laughs> I, that's what I do. It was like, what is she talking about? I think she oh, fast. That's my problem. Oh, okay. So she, so she just explained it to you, and there was something about that. She was acting yeah. it out, and I just remember. And same with my books. I thought for people who can't read, maybe they can look at a picture and be triggered. So I, whenever I do any where I always take that in consideration. Yeah. Because I'd watch Strangers with Candy with the volume down. Oh, and, really? And think, is this still entertaining to somebody yeah. who can't hear? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Paul Danello, who still is a creative partner of yours today, mm-hmm. you, you guys were together as a couple for eight years. Yes. 
Was there a difficult time in between there when you decided to not be a couple that it collaborated? Sure, was- we were doing X57 and we were like, well, if this goes another th- season, one of us needs to move out because I'd spend my day off cleaning the apartment uh-huh. and he'd spend his day off cutting a tomato on the table and walking away from it. You know, okay. I was like, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. It was just too much. Yeah. And so we were just friends. It turned into more of a friend relationship. And yeah. then I was like, oh, you see that prop girl over there? You guys would be perfect together. Oh, yeah, really? I hooked him up. We never officially broke up. But I just think we were meant to be partners, and we still are. Yeah. And it's really fun. I was telling you before the, we started talking about the Fosse thing that I'm watching, and I think a lot about me and Paul watching that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, what, it's it, fun to have a relationship like that. Yeah, like, yeah. That you're not dating, but you really care. No matter what that person does, you're going to be there for that person. I mean, yeah. Paul will never, will always have that together. I mean, it's an amazing amount of generosity and selflessness, I mm-hmm. think, too. And is that... Do you think you both possess that? Do you, I mean, do you think, like, was he as as generous with saying, go ahead and date someone else and not having a possession yes. over you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty great. That's a, that's kind of... And even now he's married, he has children, he lives in Maplewood. I still wrangle him into projects. You call, you got to do this, you know, and, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm the godmother to his kids and yeah. I'm obsessed with his two boys and love his wife. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, you've had some amazing partnerships. I really you, you have. Know. Yeah, yeah. To like, well, and I think, you know, it, it's created an amazing sense of security, I think. You know, to have David starting out, sort of, like I say, you know, he was your expedition force, yep. went out and, and I think that that probably was the setup for allowing you to be, a, you know, trusting of another creative partner. Right. Yeah, yeah. And maybe there'll be somebody new. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Do you think you work better with men than you do with women or do you think there's any difference or um, just happen to work out that way? I don't. That's a good question. Someone else asked me something like that. Maybe. I think I do well with gay men. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm always like, forget the women. Where are my homosexuals? You know what I mean? <laughs> I got the girls. Sure, I yeah, like yeah. gay guys. Yeah. I love gay guys. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love them. And I've always said when I you like to just talking about boring gay people just being a waste of gay. <laughs> like what a waste <laughs> what of a gay. What a waste of gay. Oh, look at that guy's boring. <laughs> you Useless. Yeah, like, really? Yeah, yeah. Come on, if you're going to go to the trouble of being gay, you know. When I learned, uh, uh, one thing I've been paying attention to is working around so many people is or mood swings with other people. This is, which is kind of a new thing for me, like juggling other people's moods when you work with people. Do you, do you have that? Because you work with so many different people. Yeah, you mean you mean managing their mood swings or just kind of yeah, being around when you do have to work around other people, yeah. you know, in a situation like Are you talking about office. your mood swings? No, no, not my mood swings. Yeah, I I'm yeah. pretty I'm pretty much the same I'd have to say, but yeah. I think, but maybe maybe not, but I'm pretty good-natured and can write it, but I can sense it when the mood is happening with other people. That's just a hard thing to juggle yeah. when you work with other people. Uh, you get yeah, no, you get used to it and you get yeah. used to sort of like I mean, have you worked in a lot of tense atmospheres? I mean, I think like not really. When I think about your shows, I think like number one, you're sort of setting the tone, right? Like your your whole thing is setting the tone. Mm-hmm. So it's like you've never, you know, like you never had to be on a Rob Lowe courtroom drama. You know, <laughs> I would love that. You know it. Guilty I was, I was, I was on one of those. I was on a Rob oh, Lowe courtroom oh, drama. So and it was jealous. Like, it was like the one of the most <laughs> drama y things I ever wow. did and it felt so fucking stupid. There was um remember that that 
when the Cubs like blew a playoff game because that guy tried to catch a ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there was a fan. I can't remember his name. But the Cubs were about to close to winning this game. There was a foul ball. Cubs outfielder going to is going to catch it, and this fan, this dumb Cubs fan, puts his mitt out and catches it in front of them, and then the whatever team it was went on to beat them. Right. But they would have been out of the inning, and they would have been on to the playoffs. Well, they did a rip from the headlines with this Rob Lowe show called Lion's Den. <laughs> Because his name was L-Y, it was L-Y-O-N, I think, oh, Lions Den, because his name was like Bob Lyons or something <laughs> like that. Uh, and I was I was a B-plot with uh, Matt Craven and uh, David Crumholtz were like the oh, I love David younger yeah. lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I was a rip from the headlines. I was that guy, but... <laughs> but the whole premise of it was that the newspaper had print. I had I'd fucked up the team's chance of winning. <laughs> That's at, a fun but, part. But the whole thing was that they, uh, the newspaper printed my name and home address and phone number. Like what fucking newspaper is going to print the, you know, like the liability of that. And so it's like, I'm going to sue the newspaper. Like, well, fucking of course you are. But there was, I I will never forget this line because I come in and I'm talking, I'm kind of a dick about it. And uh, Matt Craven's, playing the good cop lawyer and Krumholtz is just so pissed because the baseball team lost the championship <laughs> and Krumholtz finally like has a breakdown because they're taking my statement and he's like why did you do it <laughs> after all these years where they couldn't get the win the playoffs why did you do it and I had to say I had to say because I thought because I thought to myself if I catch that ball my kid's going to think that I hang the moon. Oh, God. Or my kid was going to think that I hung the moon. Which, number one, no one in my fucking life has ever said hung the moon except for some schmuck in a fucking TV writer room. Hung the moon. That guy Uh, hangs the moon. Fuck you. Nobody says hang, hung the moon. When they're off like that. It's like Uh, brothers in a a TV show when they're trying to, you're like, you're not brother. Who calls their brother bro? Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Oh, I get it. That's his brother. Yeah, I like Um, off. Yeah. But no, I, and but having to say that line repeatedly yeah, was honestly, I'd rather masturbate on camera yeah. than have to say that. Yeah, that's heart emotion, like that kind of emotion, that kind of like jive emotion of like if oh, it's it's <laughs> just playing like something. It's just such an embodiment of something that's so gross. Like number one, over caring about sports. Right, right, right. Number two, having <laughs> completely him. fucked up. Parental priorities, <laughs> like I'll catch this ball yeah. to make my son love me, and then and that it's being put out there as like as the correct way to be. It's just it's gross. all false. Oh, it makes me and you have to sit in the courtroom. That must have been brutal. Oh, I don't even remember the courtroom part. Oh, that must have been brutal. I do remember though because having worked on comedies. For the people listening, you you block a scene. You go in and you have with the director first of all, the actors, and they have all their lines, and you walk through the scene and you you block it, and then they bring in the key people, like the lighting people and the camera people, so they can watch and see what they've done. So you do these rehearsals. You do it about eight, nine times sometimes. And by the third or fourth one, it's time to fuck around as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, why can't I do it? Like, yeah. you know, in an accent. Right, Why right. can't I do it? Like, I'm being very sarcastic, <laughs> you know. And, and uh, it was, I could tell that the, 
the people in charge were like annoyed that I was having fun. And I could tell that the other actors were like terrified. Sure. And then I, he's I changing like, it. He's yeah, changing yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, fuck you. That goddamn it doesn't change the camera move. No. If I, you know, talk with a lisp. Yeah, you want to play. We yeah. want to play and it's I fun to play. I don't understand anybody that gets in the show business and doesn't want to have fun. Right. And I mean, all the fucking yeah, time yeah, have fun. Yeah. I mean, even, you know, yeah. the, uh, the best, the best people I've ever worked with are the ones who are like that. Like yes. I, Jonathan Groff, when he used to run the Conan room, he would be like, guys, we got to be late. And he'd be like, we have to think of something for tomorrow. <laughs> and then somebody would like, throw a trash can down the hall just to hear its sound and he'd be like oh let me try that you know like, and like yeah, always yeah, yeah. ready for fun yeah. you know? uh, chopping wood yeah chopping wood and having fun so after exit 57 which was a sh- you know relatively short lived was it one season or two seasons I think it was two it was a sketch comedy show endless sketches long yeah. sketches yeah yeah when I, the one I always remember was a blackout and it was you were pregnant Oh, want to feel my baby? Yeah, yeah. I mean, through the vagina. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Balls. No, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Want to feel the baby? I mean, through, <laughs> through the, or, was it through the vagina or from the inside? From through the vagina. Wasn't yeah, it in yeah. the, through the vagina? I don't remember, but boy, that oh. was funny. And then we but did Strangers. Strangers. After. Now, how did that? How did it go from Exit Fifty Seven to Strangers? I think how did that, I, I worked a little bit doing yeah. stuff. I think I was still doing plays. I was waitressing, and then I we just had I wanted to do something in after school specials. Yeah. And then I went to Paul, and he had the idea of making an older woman. And then I went to Colbert, and he said how but you learn the wrong lesson. So we each brought something to it, pitched mm-hmm. it, and Ken Alderman at Comedy Central picked it up. And we just did it for yeah. three seasons. Yeah, and when yeah. it got canceled, which they still haven't officially canceled it. No we were shit, fine. really? <laughs> no, we were fine with it. We were like, we could do 10 more and we could not do 10 more. Yeah. You know, we kind of had that attitude about it. And from there, did Colbert do The Daily Show? Is that when he went to do yep, and he, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then Paul and I, uh, and then now we're, we created the um, At Home with Amy Sedaris yeah. show, which and is fun. And we have a lot of fun people on that, like real actors who want to come on and have fun, like you said. Oh, like, it's... And, and Dowd and, you know, just people that and are Matt just... Matt Malloy and what's yeah, it? Oh, uh, I love Matt Malloy. Yeah, Isn't he great? And, Michael yeah, Shannon and, and, and well, Paul Giamatti. Cola Scola. Like, Cola on. on the show is so goddamn my, yeah. funny. yeah. It's really become what I love about the show because, and I, I was talking to Jody Lennon, who's a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. who was in Exit 57 with you yep. and who's now producing and writing. You know, the first season, it really did seem like not only what you guys were doing is figuring it out yourself, but you were also letting everyone else figure out kind of yes, what the show is. that's true. And now it's Pee Wee's Playhouse. I know. It's like if Julia Child, <laughs> it's like if you mush together Julia Child and, and Pee Wee's Playhouse. Right. It's, it's, and now anything can happen. Oh, it's so fantastic. Yeah. It's so funny. But Cole is really fun. Yeah. And I saw him do a fake orange juice commercial on YouTube. And that's where I was like, oh, that's my neighbor. Oh, really? And then I worked with him on Difficult People. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's a writer this season and uh, he's really can do anything. He I'm just he just excites me so much. And Did John you hire Hurley him just and, from that YouTube video? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And then when I worked with him in Difficult People, he was improvising a lot, but everything he said was good. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, who's that? Like, he hasn't said one false thing yet. Yeah, yeah. And then we just clicked. Gives you a funny boner. Yeah, like, he really oh, does. Oh, boy. What about that? Yeah, yeah. But there he are has people. a good energy, just there, good yeah. disposition. He does. He does. He's a, he's, he is an attractive person yes. in, in the sense that you just, like a magnet, you just want to look at him and you want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of talk now, or, you know, about where where you've come from. Where do you think you're going now? I mean, where do you... I don't have no idea. The dentist, I got to get a tooth pulled. But no, I really, no. I what don't happened? know where I'm going. 
You don't know, did you really have to get a tooth pulled? Because I would I was like supposed to, to get it that. pulled uh, two days ago. I just had one pulled a year ago, and you know, it takes a, it's a process. Right, right. And this is my Amy Winehouse tooth. It's right here, so you'll see it. So they were going to pull it the other day, and I kind of talked them out of it. I was like, don't go by what I say. It's not showing up in the x-ray, because they think I just cracked it because of grinding my teeth. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I just put it off. I'll have to get it pulled eventually. Do you wear a, a night guard? I do now. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Oh, grinding your teeth. Uh, no, teeth. no worries, eh? Uh, <laughs> uh, it seems like something's well, eating at you. Well, it was longer you. on that side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what a drag. <laughs> I know the process and I hate it. Yeah. And I'm such a good sport in the dentist chair. Yeah. I pride myself on it. Well, what are you going to do? People complain about it's a, But that's also, too, that's like actors that complain about having to wait. I'm always like, what did you think this was? I know. You know. I just don't like feeling the stitches on my face. You know, when they're stitching it and you feel it. Yeah, yeah. And I have all those those dental books where I make fun of people with stitches in their mouth. I cut out the images, send you a card and say, you know, smile, it's showtime. I mean, <laughs> that was my go-to. Like, oh my God, and here I am, third tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, the show is going in, at home with Amy Sedaris. We just which started is writing TV. season three, True TV. True TV. We just started writing season three so i guess i'll have that and then um but i don't really know i'm just gonna figure it out yeah. and i'm happy to do this and but i don't know what'll happen beyond that i always say i'm trying to have a baby just to turn people off they're like boom <laughs> gonna try to have a baby andy at my age who turns who, who gets turned off <laughs> just that? anybody the who knows me creation of a new life <laughs> well, well i'm involved <laughs> yeah yeah well, but I mean, you are you are uh, motherly. You have a series of rabbits that you've... Uh... Yes, my third rabbit, Tina. Yeah. I had for four years, finally, as a boy. Um, after four years, right. yeah, I live with an aggressive animal. Why rabbits? I was with you on yeah. the Upper East Side. I do remember we bought her, but was that a Tattle lark? Tail. Was yes. that just on a lark? Absolutely. I saw the window. I was with you. I bought I it. Jackie brought it was with us too. It was Maybe. Either, yeah, Jackie or Jody or yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Brought it home and and I've been. I just love them. I like having a prey animal in my house that can just kick back and relax and know that I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> it's fun. I'm like, look at that. Yeah, yeah. You know. No dogs easy. or cats ever? Growing up, we had dogs and cats. But yeah. the rabbit just seems right to me. And I still get fascinated by their floor routines. You know, and it's like Aunt Clara when they jump up and churn around. You're like, did that rabbit just move? And, you know, like, when did that bush just move, you know, three blocks down the street? I love that about what a do rabbit. You, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking like, about. Like, all of a sudden, they'll hop up, spin around, and land. And you're like... Did I just see that, or does right. it happen so fast? What and what is that a function of? They're they're happy. Oh, oh! It's called banking. They bank and hop and twirl and skip and jump. And I'm still like blown away by their little floor routine. Yeah, yeah. A cat's not going to do that. Does he use it a litter box? Yeah, he have- full of hay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you don't so, even have turds all over your no, house. No, and I have a badge, and I can I'm trained, and I can go to your house with. You have hay. a badge. I have a badge to train to people. To, yes. Who for, who authorizes? Okay. Like who's, <laughs> the house who's rabbit issuing? society. All right. Okay. Gave me a badge, <laughs> and I sh- and I wear it around my neck, and I go into your house, and I'll say, Andy, you're doing everything wrong, and I'll educate you on hay and rabbits and all that stuff. But now it's really people, just gonna, now that people know this, you are going to have fans <laughs> buying rabbits right, right, right. just to try and get you get into their house yeah 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 tell me a little bit about because i don't know if a lot of people know this about about you mentioned it shortly about you're basically you're 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 very low level entrepreneurial spirit yes 
What is that about? It's from Girl Scouts and Junior Achievements. Yeah. And I like... And tell me some of the things that you've done. Because, I mean, I know, but... Potholders I make a lot. Um, I'm right now I'm covering lighters, you know, just big lighters. And I make special covers and, and I sell them for $10. But I just like that transaction of you're a customer and I'm selling you something and I want the cash back. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, like you said, it's an extravagance. You can tip people with it. It's allowance money. Right, right. And I think it's just in me to make allowance money. I yeah. mean, I always ask kids about, well, how much you make it out? Or, or you have Kool Aid stands, or and they're just like, what? Like they don't even know anything about money. No, I'm like, no. I had a bank account when I was ten. I had yeah. a job when I was fourteen. It's like, are you kidding me? Don't you want to? You know, who wouldn't want a job at seven? <laughs> wouldn't you want a job at seven? Uh, I had. A, I mean, I ha- I, ha- I worked. I probably have worked since I was eleven or twelve. There I mean, you go. Started out with paper routes, but then yeah, I paper always. Route. I had paper routes, and you know, an occasional neighbor work, and then. You know, there also would be sort of, there was seasonal farm labor that kids would do. Yes, to pick um, tobacco in the South. For, yeah. for us, it was, uh, they called it walking beans, which is that you just, they would till the field and it would bring up rocks that would have to be gotten out of the field. And they would be gotten out of the field by kids oh. following behind, picking up the rocks and throwing them onto a thing. And then there was baling hay, oh, yeah. actual, you know, like moving the hay bales which I think I only did once because I was so allergic it was miserable oh I bet and then did they, you ever see any snakes in those fields or in the hay not that okay. I remember yeah no not that I remember by that time it's pretty cold oh, okay. in Illinois it's pretty cold and I don't think you know snakes and snakes aren't that they're not that big a problem okay Illinois. anyway but then the other one too that you would have to do is uh, castrating pigs. You oh my god! Kids to handle. Oh my god! And it was, I never did that, but I, I had friends that did it, and it's a it's it is quick and nasty. Mm, uh, wow! Yeah, yeah. Why kids? Because um, they have little hands. Because they just they you know you got to get because you just need like four kids to hold on to pigs and get rid of. You just need wow, and then you don't want to pay. Don't want to pay much, so yeah. you just like you know. If you don't have four kids of pig holding age, whoa, yeah, yeah, you got to go get, wow. get the one that you do have to go hire kids that are old enough. <laughs> but now you did you did cheese balls and you did cheese. I list, sold cheese list some balls, of the things, uh, cupcakes and cheese balls, cupcakes and I cheese was selling balls. those out of my apartment on when I lived on Christopher Street. Yeah, and then when I moved, um, I stopped selling them. But I'm going to get back into it. Um, yeah, I, I might get back into it. But everyone started doing cupcakes. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a mouse problem and a cockroach problem in the old apartment. And oh, I, because it just wasn't of your catering it. business. I mean, think about it. A yeah, mouse yeah, yeah. in my house, and they see a cheese ball the size of the moon. Sure. Hell, the joke's on me. They were all in my apartment. Exactly. Exactly. And you they're think like, you have one? With walnuts, too. <laughs> Rolled in nuts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, did you get, did you find people, because uh, this is the thing, is like, are there fans just coming to you to buy cheese balls? Or are you getting like some dilettante New Yorker people to be like. I've had both. Yeah, yeah. I've had both. or yeah. charity. And I'm like, you know, I'm always like, you get one, no repeat business, pick it up on my doorman. I'm not, now it's all these rules. You're like, I don't want it. Fuck it. I don't even want your cheese balls or cupcakes. I make it so you connect cash only. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm tough like that. Yeah. But if I get a job, you know, I'll go to production and say, why don't you order 250 cupcakes from me? I'll tell you what, I'll give them to you for $2 a piece and, you know, make the check more because I'd rather do it for cash. But if you don't have petty cash, you can write a check, but it's going to cost you more. Go straight. <laughs> go straight to them. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, there's not even like a profit margin in that. I'll make a profit. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. If I get my butter cheap, if I go to Costco and get butter. All right. For peanuts. Absolutely. It still just seems. Then you have everything. It still just seems. And I'm no businessman. 
But of your time, <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Of the time that you could be spending. What else are you going to do with three? Compose a, a symphony. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Something to do with my hands. Always making money. How much of this is weed related? How much of this is just... Back then, a lot. Yeah, Now, yeah. not so much. It's yeah, just yeah. like, I like, if I'm sitting in a room, we're going to throw out ideas. I'm, I, you know, I like having something to do. Yeah. Boy. How much is, of this is weed are, related? That's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. You say on. 3 a.m. and you're... you're uh, Back then, now I don't, I don't stay up till 3 now. Yeah, yeah. That's well, two. Who can? Well, Who sometimes cares? I can, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um... Now I guess it's the what have you learned? I mean, what do you you know? What's what's Amy Sedaris's philosophy? <sighs> Come on. Um, uh, have you, first of all, solution. let me let, let me oh. ask because I, I interrupt you. I'm sorry. Have you ever been to therapy of any kind? I went to therapy after my sister Tiffany died. Mm-hmm. I went for a while, and all this the show that I'm working on now. I had been I've been thinking about it for like. 12 to 14 years but I wasn't moving forward with it and so I did the cookbook I you did the craft the, the show the actual show oh, okay. yeah, and yeah, I had yeah. a hard time it was almost like I just wanted to keep thinking about it Yeah. and I didn't really try to really get it off the ground I'd met with a lot of people who tried to make it happen and then I'd pull away so I went to a therapist for a year to talk about Tiffany and also why can't I move forward on this particular project mm-hmm. you know what is it so and it was really fun I liked talking to somebody and um, you know someone you paint someone to listen to you yeah and i'd never been before and um you know so i, I and i i don't go right now but i would i'd like to go back and see her at some point yeah 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 so that was kind of fun what may i ask what was holding you back on the project do you think i, I think for me and it, you know i could think about something forever you know mm-hmm. what i mean i want to think of every possibility and just obsess about it do you, it's harder do you make what, notes oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like crazy you know but it's harder than than you it's but it, you just got to do it you yeah. know, there are people who can think and there are people who are doers uh i just that's i i don't know what it was exactly but she motivated me to be like just we're gonna do this and all of a sudden i had to do it but it's like a stew or like it's the kind of show that i'm doing it needed to stew for 14 years Mm -hmm. or to be i think something if it's going to be really good it needs to cook for a while you can't make a two-minute soup andy that's right i know people who do and they put frozen french fries in it and i'm like no you can't make quick soups what does that mean what and then and then the fries disintegrate and it becomes Soggy and uh, yeah, uh, a friend it's who supposedly thickening. It's awful, oh. uh, awful. But I just know a friend who made a soup and they put frozen French fries in oh, it. Oh, I thought like, maybe that was like some acceptable like mock apple pie <laughs> kind of you know shortcut that people I was were like, doing. Really? Yeah, yeah. But what I've learned is, I, 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 I it's people that you work around. You know, building relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what I've, and I'm, I'm happy to have that with Paul and Stephen. You know, I think it's just, it's building teams Mm -hmm. and also knowing when someone's not part of your team, you can still like them, but you're like, this isn't right. You know, good luck to you. But do you ever, do you ever just do nothing? Like, do you ever uh, like, like if you have a stretch of time where you're not working? Oh, I'm always thinking of ideas. Yeah. Or, you do you know, go on vacation? Like, if it's s- a work, I like work vacations. But I go to Tokyo with David and Hugh. Yeah, yeah. And um, and but you don't ever go sit on a beach somewhere. No, really, mm-hmm. yeah. not really. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean we have to go to the North Carolina beach. David bought us a beach house, and I'll go down there. But we don't have tanning contests anymore. Right. So um, <laughs> I don't really lay out as much as I used to, and yeah. I miss that. I yeah. love I love tanning. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, you're Greek. Yeah, I'm Greek. I you're can do Greek. that. You can right. do that. Yeah, yeah. But a vacation, not unless I know there's a job coming up or it's a work. You know, no, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have something to think about. Yeah. Is it just because the? Are you worried about money in that sense, or? No, I just happy. I, I just like do. I just happiest when I'm working. Yeah. I'm always happy working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what makes me happy. That's it's 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 good to know that. Yeah, and if it's making lighters, if I got a job, I got to get a hundred lighters made by Saturday. That's a job. Yeah, it doesn't mean I have to be on stage, and you know, I just need a, someone needs to be calling me and telling me we need this. It's oh, fun wow. to me, and I like hiring people, and I like being boss. Yeah, it's fun. Well, listen, thank you so much for doing this. Andy, so good to see you. I appreciate that you could fit it Blast in. Blast from the, the past. Yeah, no kidding. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great to see you. I haven't seen you in ages. A long time since you did your TV show, which I I can't even believe you didn't do more of those. Yeah. It's a detective show. Andy Barker P.I. Man, that yeah. was a good idea. Yeah, it was a fun show. It was a fun show. It was a fun show, and it was a great cast that was squandered. Well, it was just squandered. You know, that's kind of when you were talking earlier about people, you know, you, you've the difference like your your projects have always kind of been generated by you or by david or mm-hmm. by the people with whom you know your partners and i think once you once you get out of that it's then you get into a world where conan o'brien has a great idea that he hands off to jonathan groff and then i get to be in it and then we cast all these fantastic people in it and then you it gets made for tv and the people who uh, are in charge of its destiny don't get it don't give a shit don't no. i mean don't it, you know the the quality of that show is irrelevant to the people right that uh that put it on the air and it was on i think i think one season right there were nine episodes and i think it was on at four different time slots oh sure they just you know they put it on like eh, this week it's on thursday at eight right you know <laughs> next week it'll be tuesday at 10 <laughs> fridays at yeah, five fuck you yeah, you yeah, know yeah and uh yeah so it sucks i mean you're you've you i i mean i know it, it wasn't like some grand calculation but you've done you've you've made a wonderful life for yourself uh, and career, and uh, and made a lot of people happy. Well, that's nice. You can't beat that. No, you sure can't. You can't no, beat that. No, I mean that's the nice thing about this this work is you are literally making a phys- a physical manifestation of happiness, and that's that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right, well, that's as good a place to end as any. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening to the three questions with Andy Richter, and thank you, Amy Sedaris. Thank you, Andy, for spending some time with us. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Got a big, big the Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Golit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com/network today. 
Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.